Oh, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you for showing yourself friendly here today. And, it, you know, uh, it's easy to come into a church service and, uh, you know, do our church thing, go our way, and never connect with somebody. But, you know, part of us walking in victory in our life, as I'm convinced, is that we need each other. We need a community of believers. Amen. Look at somebody beside you and tell them, I need you in my life. Amen. It's good to be here at Victor Center. If you're visiting with us today, I'm Brad Mendenhall. Uh, I'm actually the lead pastor of World Harvest Church of Enid. If you ever get through Enid, I would encourage you to stop in and see us over there in Enid. You better come early, though, if you're coming to church service, because you may have to stand. Our services have been packed out lately. So praise God for that. We do two services, and so... Uh, been doing two services for a long time, so coming over here, uh, it almost feels like a vacation. I feel like, feel like I should be doing something in the morning because 10.30 seems to take a while to get here. But uh, thank you for all of you that keep us in your prayers there. And uh, I, I get the unique honor of being part of the pastoral leadership team here at Victory Center. And God's alive and well in Guyman, Oklahoma. How many of y'all know that? Amen. Uh, a little bit more about me. I'm, you know, I wasn't born in Guymon, but we moved here when I was 10 years of age. And so I uh, went to school systems here, graduated as a proud Guymon Tiger class of 1986. And uh, for you younger ones, that 1986 sounds like a long time ago. It wasn't that long ago. So, yeah. But anyway, so it's a pleasure and it is an honor to be with each and every one of y'all here today. I want to say hello to the online Victory Center family, everybody that's watching at one of our connection points across the globe here today, whether you're here in Gaiman or whether you're halfway across the globe, we welcome you. Come on, everybody that's here, let's give our online family a big old holler and a, just a congratulations and a thank you for being with us here today. So uh, grab your Bible or grab your device. We're going to dive into the Word of God here in just a few moments, but um, do want to just give you some information. I know you guys got Larry Mosley coming here Wednesday night, a missionary there and just uh, to Albania. Does a great work, been doing it for a long time. And uh, this church, Victory Center, believes in missions. We, we go into all the world, we preach the gospel. We start right here in our own backyards, but we go literally across the globe. And so I did want to let you know also that Tammy and I, uh, we will be, uh, for the first time in many years, be going out of the country on March the 3rd. So if you're taking notes, I would really appreciate it if you would write these dates down, and I'll tell you why. But on March the 3rd through uh, March the 20th, Tammy and I will be going to Uganda, Africa. Uh, this will be our first trip to Africa. But we're going over there. Just There's a ministry over there we have supported for the last several years, and y'all support them here also. David Kamanzi of Tower of Faith Missions, but uh, I reason why I wanted you to write down those dates, because Tammy and I, we're going to be going over, we've got four others from uh, World Harvest Enid going to be traveling with us. But we would very much value your prayers uh, during that time. Uh, there's going to be five crusades during that time we're there. We're going to be there for three of them. Tammy and I are coming back early. The rest of our team is staying there for an entire month for the remaining two of those, but we would greatly appreciate your prayers. So if you don't mind, maybe even put that on your calendar uh, there to be praying for our team there. Of course, praying, number one, uh, you know, that the power of God goes forth in might and power, but also praying for safety, uh, praying for protection from any bugs or any of that other stuff that goes on over there. Uh, so we're looking forward to a great trip. If you're a social media person, uh, we'll be keeping updates going on there in March. So I will not see you in March. We usually get over here about once a month, but we will not see you guys in March. But uh, about that time you start asking, where's Pastor Brad at? That's the time means you need to be praying for us, all right? 
You got that? Amen. All right. Well, like I said, grab your Bible, grab your device. Let's get ready to get into the Word of God here today. But let's bow one more time in prayer as we dive into the Scriptures here this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, just this opportunity to gather together here corporately here in this place. Lord, just our, our praise to you, our intimate worship, Lord God. Father, we have sensed you here in this place today. Lord, we're here today not to just do a religious duty, but Father, we come, as we mentioned a moment ago, just out of a passionate longing to grow closer to you. We thank you that you are alive and that you are well, and that you're here in this place today. Lord, you've given me a message here to bring here over these next few moments that we have together. So, Lord, I ask this, that you would give us all the ears to hear what you want us to hear. Lord, give us the eyes to see what you want us to see. And, Lord God, help us to take this principle that we'll talk about here over these next few moments and help, it, help us to apply this to our life, this, that this becomes so applicable to us, the Lord, that we live this day to day. So, Lord, we give you all the thanks and we give you all the praise and all the glory for today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say it with me. Amen and amen. Open up your Bible here, the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. Ephesians, chapter 6. And I uh, want to dive into uh, a message that I believe is very timely. And, of course, here we are, first Sunday of February. Hard to believe. We've already burned up one month of 2023. January is gone. And I know many people, you know, they so many times set New Year's resolutions their goals to accomplish, and I hope and I pray that you're following along those goals. I couldn't help but uh, think about this one elderly woman who, uh, whenever she started the new year, she decided that she was going to start going to the gym every day and working out. And so uh, she went to the gym, she, she sweated, she pulled, she bent, and she went on just for quite a while. She jumped up and down, she sweat profusely, but she said by the time that she got her leotards on that uh, the class was already over. <laughs> Hopefully that's not you, but I know for many people that really pursue uh, a relationship with Jesus, it's usually at the beginning of a year that you begin to seek God. What is God saying? You know, what's the word for the year? I've been doing this for the last many years that Usually about November, December, I start really praying about God. God, what do you want to speak? Now, God's word is always true. I want you to understand that. The word doesn't change. But, you know, I've been, been got to this place in my life where just like, God, what are you saying to the body of Christ as a whole? What's, what's the rhema? Rhema. And we see this many times in many different places. You know, you'll see people begin to give prophetic words uh, for a year. There's a word that the Lord gave me, it was probably the last of November, beginning of December, that I just began to pray over, because it was just one word, and it was simply this word, prepare, prepare. I think everybody knows what it means to prepare, right, to prepare. And I began to just massage that by the Spirit and just seek God, God, what are you speaking in this? And then the Lord began to add to that word when I was in, uh, I'm a part of a couple different pastoral networks that are really dear friends of mine, and it was in December that the word came out just to really add to that word prepare that you may want to write this down, but this is a word that I believe the Lord is speaking. I know specifically to us at World Harvest and to myself, but I really believe it's for the body of Christ as a whole, and I believe it's here for Victory Center too. But the, really the word is this, that we've got to prepare 
for battle. That we need to be people who are battle ready, not battle weary. And when I heard that word, battle ready, not battle weary, man, my spirit leapt. Because my observation in the body of Christ over the last year and a half, probably two years, that I've seen so many people, they have grown not battle ready, but they've grown battle weary. They've grown tired. I've seen so many people that have at moments been excited for God and excited about their walk, but have found themselves in a place just because of the existence and life and just frustrations, discouragement, disappointments that have grown very battle-weary. And I believe that God wants to speak a word to us here this morning called battle-ready. In fact, you can write that down. You can see there on the screen. This is the title to my message here today, but battle-ready. When I heard that, immediately I began to seek God, well, what does it mean to be battle-ready? And immediately the Lord took me to this passage of Scripture that we're about to read in Ephesians chapter 6. It's the last chapter of the book of Ephesians of the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church of Ephesus. Ephesians is just a great book to read. It's just very well-rounded. Paul, six chapters in Ephesians. He gets some very basic kingdom principles that you can read that we can apply to our lives. But it is in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6 that I want us to see kind of a final thought that Paul gives us as he starts wrapping up all these thoughts and all these concepts. And he says this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. He says this. He says, finally, my brethren... Now, this is New King James. If we look at some of our more modern times, ladies, you wouldn't be left out. We could say brethren and sisters, brothers and sisters. He says this, be strong in the Lord. Come on, read the rest of that with me out loud where you can hear yourself. Be strong in the Lord and in the what? Power of his might. Man, incredible right there. We're going to circle back on that here in just a moment. But he goes on and says this, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the, now this is New King James, the wiles of the devil. If you got there in your Bible, you might want to circle that word wiles of the devil. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. Verse 12, verse 12, look at this, for we do not wrestle. Come on, everybody say wrestle. Come on, we do not wrestle. Circle or underline that word if you can. He says, we don't wrestle against what? Flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, I want to just stop right there, but this really, as I launch into this, I'm just going to kind of lay a foundation here for and just get you thinking about some things. But this actually is an entire series that we're doing over in Enid here called Battle Ready. That's going to be here for the next few months, being battle ready. Because I believe that we as the body of Christ, it is time that we quit laying back, that we stop letting life wear us out, and we get back onto the battlefield, and we are ready to face whatever comes. I believe the word of the Lord is, man, I tell you what, I believe there's going to be some supernatural provision in this year, but there's also going to be some times of struggles and some times of hardships. There's going to be the battle. And if we don't realize this many times, we're going to miss out on, on a a moment that you've got to get ready. Here, one week from today, anybody know what's going on here in the United States of America one week from today? Come on, go Kansas City Chiefs. Anybody with me? You know what I'm talking about? I can guarantee you, what? No. Yeah, okay, I thought I heard somebody say no Kansas City Chiefs. But anyway, there's a whole, there's football teams. They are preparing for something to take place in one week from now. How many people in the body of Christ are preparing for what lies before them? I would dare to say that the church in America has grown very complacent and very comfortable. 
In fact, we see here in the United States of America that I believe there's three little thoughts that I want to drop into our heart here. The first thought that I want to drop into our spirit is this, that we have to, we, we are in a battle. Come on, look at your name and say, we are in a battle. But see, this is my concern. We as the American church, our total focus, you could, you, whether you would admit it or not, our total focus is most of the time it's all about my comfort. It's all about making me feel good. It's all about what I can get. Now, I appreciate the provisions that the Word of God gives me, but this is what I know. If I'm totally focused up on my comfort, see, God did not send Jesus Christ to this world to pay the price for our sins, to die on the cross of Calvary for I, so I could be comfortable. Let me make a statement. If I am comfortable, I don't need the comforter. I don't need the Holy Spirit in my life. Jesus didn't come to give his life so that we'd be comfortable. He came and gave his life now so that we could pick up the mission that he came to start for us to go into all the world to preach the gospel so that we would have a mission in our life to go make a difference in our world. And let me tell you, there's sometimes that God takes us to a place that is uncomfortable. When he calls us on a journey, it's not necessarily comfortable. In fact, one of my buddies over at the church here a few weeks ago, he sent me a picture that to me typifies following Jesus Christ. Can you throw that up there on the screen real quickly, Martha? I don't know how many of y'all have ever felt like this. <laughs> it was what I love memes. You know, God, I have a plan for your life. What it feels like, ha! <laughs> Come on, anybody relate to that right there? Yeah. But you know, that's a good place to be. Church, that's a good place to be. A place maybe where you're unsure about tomorrow because, man, you know what that means? You get to live by faith. A place where you may not know where you, come on, living the life of faith, if you think about that for just a moment, living a life of faith means that we're believing God for something in our life that we don't have right now, maybe what it is. But how many of us times do we so, are we so focused on just, I just want to be comfortable? Come on, we come into the church, we want our music just right, we want the temperature just right, everything's got to be just right. And if it's not, we are... I can't hear any. Let me tell you, we're about to go to Uganda, man, and it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. We are so focused on our comfort as American church, we've got to get past that. Come on, we've got to be about the kingdom of God. Come on, how many of you are with me here today? Come on, we're about the kingdom. Come on, look at somebody beside you and tell them we're about the kingdom. This is what I know, that whenever we are expanding the kingdom of God, like we're doing here at Victor Center Church, let me tell you, many times we meet opposition. Because the enemy is not a fan of the kingdom of God expanding. That's why I say here, church, today that we are in the midst of a battle. We just celebrated the great American leader, Martin Luther King. I love his statement. I love some of his quotes. I grabbed this one. He said this, The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in times of challenge and even controversy. Come on, what are you made of? Are you made of tough stuff here today? So let's go back to our scripture here real quickly. But back there to Ephesians. Do y'all remember what he said for we do not wrestle? Come on, wrestle. We've got a grandson. You know, we've got uh, Hadley Grace is with She's nine years old now. We've got a grandson, Caden. He just turned six. Caden, he's a, he's a boy. He likes to wrestle. He likes to wrestle. Uh, uh, let, let me just kind of give you a word picture here. So Paul said even we wrestle, right? Uh, Macaulay, come help me out real quick. I'm putting you on the spot here. I'm going to embarrass you. Come on, come up here real quick. Come on, run. Come on, let's hear from Macaulay. He's young, he's spry, he can run. Come on, you can run faster than that. Come on. But that word wrestle, it is that, that gives us a picture. Go ahead and put your hands on my shoulder. It gives us this picture of a hand-to-hand, a foot-to-foot combat. And Paul says that we are wrestling. <laughs> okay, that's good. For the record, 
I can take you. I think I can take you. How many of y'all believe I can take you? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but that's the picture. <laughs> Just a second. <sighs> Got to get my breath. <laughs> that's the picture of what Paul says, for we wrestle. He says we're not wrestling, though, with what? Flesh and blood. But he identifies here that there is a spiritual force behind those things. Listen, the battle that we are fighting today Turn and tell your neighbor, I'm wrestling. <laughs> Give me that drink of water real quick. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> he says we do not wrestle what? With flesh and blood. Listen, our problem is not with your neighbor. The battle's not even in the natural realm that we're fighting today. You see, there are forces that come against us that's trying to stop the goodness of God in our life. That's why I'm saying here in this first thought that we are in a battle. Forces that's trying to stop you from fulfilling your mission. And I want you to turn and tell somebody right now, we will not be stopped. Come on, tell them one more time so I can get another drink. Come on, turn and tell that other person, we will not be stopped. All right, McCulley, after church, we'll have to go for the round two. Uh, there's a pastor I know that he was telling the story. I heard him tell here just recently. Because there's something that we need to understand is who we are in Christ and really what happens here in the spiritual realm. And we know that there's two forces in the spiritual realm. There's the kingdom of God, and of course, there's the kingdom of darkness, right? So... A great example, I think, that helps put this into context about the battle that we're in today. Uh, he was telling a story about how back when he was a teenager that he would help out at this youth camp. And it was back east, and uh, it was one of these things, they would stay there for an extended time, and between camps, because of where this camp was located in the woods, they had a bad uh, rattlesnake problem. And so what they would do is... Uh, the days between camps, they would go on these rattlesnake hunts at nighttime, kind of in the evening time. And, of course, they would take bats and they would take their lights and they would go looking for rattlesnakes to kill the rattlesnakes so to create a safe camp environment. But he said what they would do was they'd find a rattlesnake, they would club it to death, and then they would remove the head from the body. But this was intriguing to me. He said then we would have to take and we would have to bury the head. He said because what people don't realize is that the venom that's in the head and the fangs of the rattlesnake, that venom is still there, and it remains active for quite a while after even the rattlesnake is dead. And so they would have to bury the head just so some camper didn't come along another grass, step on that, and still just be as venomous or dangerous after the thing is already dead. See, I want you to know that the enemy's been defeated. Come on, the enemy has no power over us. The only power he has over us is the power that we allow him to have. We're in the midst of a battle. Let me tell you, there is a battle going on for your marriage today. There's a battle going on for your family today. Come on, there's a battle going on for your business today. Come on, Jesus identified so well in John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus said, I come to give you what? Anybody remember? 
life and life more abundant. But he also said that the enemy has a plan for our life. The enemy's plan is what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Man, I love the God plan for my life. But if God's got a plan for my life, the enemy also has a plan for my life. He does for you too. But it's this whole concept. Are we struggling in battle trying to get to a place of victory? Or are we children of God when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary and had defeated the devil? Are we simply more at a place of victory that the enemy is trying to get us off? Case in point. Anybody remember the old, uh, those of you that got boys especially, you all remember the King of the Hill? Anybody remember you used to play in King of the Hill? Come on, you, King of the Hill, you know what it's like, right? Somebody gets up or whatever it is, you know, young boy, pile of pillows. I'm the king of this mountain. I dare you to come knock me off. And what happens? The challenge starts. Come on, anybody remember those days? That's a kind of a picture back of the wrestling, right? See, we've been given the victory. We've got victory. We're at a place of victory, so you're not trying to get to a place of victory. We're at a place of victory. The enemy is trying to just simply tear us down from. But how many of y'all are going to refuse to go down in Jesus' name? Amen. Come on, this is what we see here, what Paul identifies in this passage of Scripture here, that we are not fighting against flesh and blood here. He says also this, that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word, their wiles of the devil, let me just, let's talk about this for just a moment. That word, their wiles, means this. It means the strategies and the deceits. Strategies and deceits. That's what's the word here. So Paul says, put on the armor of God, armor of God that we may be able to stand against the strategies and the deceits. Come on, listen, if we're in the midst of a battle, the battle's not against whoever, the flesh and blood, the boss, whatever it may be. The battle is with the spirit behind that that's driving those forces. He says, we got to put this armor of God on so that we'll know how to stand against his strategies. Come on, if the enemy was a chess player, he's a, he would be like a master chess player, if you know what I'm talking about. In other words, the enemy, he loves to do things. He loves to plant seeds. He loves to, 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 to put these strategies and places for our life that he will wait days, weeks, months, even years to get you into a trap. I want you to know, guys, listen to me. If you're married, the enemy's got a trap for you out there. He wants to get you pulled off. He wants you to turn your eyes from your wife to somebody else. There's, there's traps. There's traps. There's strategies, Right? That's why I say we're in the battle. And let, let me just give you this example. Now, uh, before I give you this example, uh, if you are not an outdoor person, you're not going to like my example. So first of all, um, give me some grace today, all right? And so I just, the Lord reminded me of this because I, I have a, a new hunting passion that I love, and I've learned the art of strategy and being patient. And so... Um, here, a couple of years ago, I got exposed to feral pig hunting. I went on a, and I was like, man, this is fun. You hunt at night. It's so much fun. And so I remember going back to Enid talking about my hunting passion. And we had a couple in our church over there that had some property over just north of Fairview. And they said, hey, we've got property and we've got some pigs, we think, out there. We, please, come. Come out there and hunt as much as you want. I'm like, whoo, man. I'm like, I love it. I love it. Because you know what? When I lived out here all those years, man, I could go hunt any, anywhere I wanted to. Because, I mean, y'all knew me, and I could just go. Over there, it's not like that. I mean, you got to have permit. Oh, it's crazy. But anyway, so I had this, I had this uh, place that I could go hunt pigs on. And so, but you know what? The first thing that I did, first thing I did, I got me a corn feeder. I set it up in the pasture in this little area. Put corn in it, 
So the thing actually goes off once in the morning, once in the evening to feed whatever's out there. And my intention, my strategy was for the pigs. In fact, I got a picture here from my feeder here. This is one of the pictures. This is just from a few weeks ago. This is what I'm saying. Now, uh, there's two emotions that are immediately provoked in the sanctuary when I put that picture up there. The first emotion, some of you guys are like going, oh, yeah. Come on now. You're like, yeah. The other emotion that is in this room that's the exact opposite of that, I heard it around like, oh, those poor pigs. Because that group of people, let me just talk to you for just a moment. It would be you that if it took you hunting out there one of these nights, when those pigs come in, you would stand and say, run, pigs, run. (laughs) Is there anybody that would do that in this room today? Come on, be honest with me here today. What was the intention of me me putting a feeder up there? Because I put that feeder up there. I didn't go out there the first night. I didn't go out there the second. In fact, I put that feeder up there and let them feed the pigs for several weeks. My intentions was this. I wanted to entice those pigs to change their pattern of life that was for my ultimate plan for their destruction. They didn't get destroyed the first night. But their whole, my whole plan was a strategy for them to change a lifestyle, to establish a lifestyle that whenever I so chose that I could go out there for their destruction. That's the way the enemy works. Let me help you out right now. There's some of you that you have fallen into a strategy of the adversary. You've got taken part of something, you're involved with something, whether it's a look, whether it's whatever it is, you've done something, and first of all, you're like, ooh, I shouldn't have done that. And you're like, well, wait a minute, I kind of got away with that. And you get into this repetitive pattern. But let me tell you, it's all a strategy of the devil to show up, and he's going to show up one day, and he's going to pull the trap closed. So for those of you that are here today that may be in that, listen to me. Run, baby, run. Get away from there. Come on, look at your name and tell them you get out of there. Come on, tell them you got to get out of there in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for that. So, so, so when we think about this, the, the battle that we're in, the battle that we're in. See, many times when we are weak and when we are tired, that we become an open target for the adversary. So this brings me to my second point that I want to just drop into your heart here today. You can write this down. Number two is this. we can we got to be strong in the battle. Come on, everybody say that with me. Be strong in the battle. In these days of weariness, what is your response? In these days we're living in, Paul again, back there to verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6, he said this. He says again, my my brothers, my sisters, he says, be strong. Come on, everybody say it with me. Be what? Strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Come on, there's a power source for us to tap into in this relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on, how many of you know Jesus is all powerful here today? Amen. I tell you one way we tap into the power of the word of, uh, of the power to be strong in his might. One way we do that is by knowing the word of God. His word is powerful. In fact, later on, we see Paul addressing here in the whole armor of God. He said, take upon the sword of the spirit. That's the word of God, the power of the word of God. Be strong. Be strong in the battle. I still remember even before I think we even moved, yeah, it was, before we, uh, mom and dad moved us here to Guyman, before Victory Center Church was ever started, uh, Pastor Charlie and Margaret, you know, they was on a ranch south of Perryton, Texas. He was a rancher out there. 
Uh, but my mom and dad, they believed, they had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And one of the very first things that mom and dad did for us as kids, they, they had us memorize scriptures. And the very first scripture that we was ever challenged to memorize was Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Anybody know what that scripture says? Besides mom up here? I can do all things through Christ. Come on, it's on the screen right there. I can do all things. Come on, say it with me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens great scripture. Parents, I would encourage you, have your kids memorize that scripture. So I remember whenever uh, mom and dad moved us to Broken Arrow, Tulsa area to, uh, for Pastor Charlie to go to Rama Bible Training Center. This is back in 1975. Now, we moved from the Perryton, Texas area to Tulsa, Oklahoma in August of the year. Now, those of you, if you've never been to eastern Oklahoma in August, it is drastically different humidity-wise than it is here. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You can go, for, it tends to be a little more arid in this area, but you go to Tulsa in August, I mean, it can be 100 degrees, and it feels like you're walking through molasses because it is so stinking humid. And in second grade, I remember going out for soccer, playing soccer, and I distinctly remember this particular time, my first soccer game over in that side of the state, you know, and I mean, Ugh! You know, and you know soccer, come on, you know what it's like soccer when you got second graders in soccer? It's like everybody chases the ball everywhere. You know, it's kind of like this mass of just running here, running here, running here, running here. That's what we're doing. I remember, man, I get like, I just can't even breathe. And uh, I remember kind of looking at the coach, coach, take me out. And, but I heard this distant voice behind the coach, and I kept hearing this, Philippians 4, 13. I was like, oh, my gosh, that sounds like my dad. Who's that crazy parent? Yeah, it is my dad over there. Philippians 4, and, and I saw for a minute, I was like, Philippians 4, oh yeah, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. And it was amazing, just, I still remember that to this day as being a young kid, the, the energy that I drew off of that scripture right there. You know what's interesting? I still use that today. When I'm facing a hard moment in my life, when I'm in the middle of a battle, I'm growing tired, I'm like, no, I can do this through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Amen. What word of God do you know in your life? What are you standing on in your life? Here did. Do you know the word of God? See, because whenever we are weak in Jesus, we can be strong. And how do we do that? Man, we got to dive into the word of God. I love what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. It's in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 where Jesus said this, come to me. Come to me. In other words, this is something that we got to do. He says, come to me, all you who what? Labor and are what? Heavy laden, and I will give you all rest. He goes, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find, again, we see it, what? Rest for your, come on, rest for your what? Your souls. He goes on and says, for my yoke, it is easy, and my burden, it is light. Jesus even said basically this, when you're tired, when you're laboring, and you're heavy laden, he said, come to me. This is what I know about life. Just living life can wear us out sometimes, right? Jesus said, if you're getting tired, if you're getting weary, come to him. There is strength in Jesus. How valuable is your relationship with the Lord God? Now, I'm not talking about just showing up on church on Sunday. Anybody can do that. I'm talking about what are you doing on Mondays? What are you doing on Tuesdays? What are you doing on Wednesdays? I truly believe that we have to have a, 
daily connection point with Jesus. We have to have an intentional time where we're connecting with Jesus, whether it's for a few moments or whatever it be. You find your method, you find your rhythm, and find the power that is available for you and I to tap into in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on, anybody with me here today in this place today? Jesus said, all you who labor and are heavenly are, are heavy laden. You know what the answer is if you're heavy? If you're weary today, rest. Come on, everybody say rest. Come on, if you're tired physically, you know what the answer to that is? Rest. Woo, come on, take a nap. Yeah. That's a Sunday tradition here in Guyman, Oklahoma. I mean, a Sunday afternoon naps, right? Come on, if you're tired in your soul, though, you can be tired in your body and a little rest gets you, but if you get tired in your soul, that's a dangerous spot to be in. This is how we, what's the remedy for tiredness and weariness of your soul? In the words of Paul to young Timothy where he said, you've got to stir up the gift that's inside of you. Stir it up. Come on, look at your name and tell them you've got to stir it up. Anybody like uh, chocolate milk? Man, chocolate milk is one of those things that Tammy and I love. But we, we are the Nestle powder chocolate milk people. Come on, I'm not the syrup stuff, man. We've got to have the powder. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? But you think about that whole concept, if you've ever done that, put the powder in, mix it up. It's all very chocolate. But if you let that cup sit there for more than a minute, you know what starts to happen? All that chocolate just starts settling down to the bottom. What's the answer to that? Is it throwing away the cup of, of good old? No, you got to get your spoon out and you got to stir it up. This is what I've learned about, a, about being tired in my soul. There's many times I have to stop and I got to stir up what Jesus is doing inside of me. I got to stir up the relationship. How do I do that? I tell you, for me, one of my favorite things to do is just put on some great worship music, whether it's praising or just something, and I love just to, just to let it soak. And you know what I find many times when I'm tired, when I've spent some time in, with Jesus in worship or in the Bible reading? It brings strength back to me. It's stirring it up. Listen, I want you to know that you and I, we've got a mission. There's something for us to accomplish. God hasn't put you here just as some random experiment. No, God has put you here for a mission. Church, he's put us here as a church for a mission. When you lose sight of your mission, you get tired a whole lot quicker. You grow weary a whole lot quicker. What is your mission? What is your purpose? What is your calling? That's something that you've got to get before God. Seek his face and let him reveal it to you. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says this. Look at this. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Very familiar portion of scripture. Let us not grow what? Let us not what? Grow what? Come on, church. Weary. Weary. Let us not grow weary. Let us not grow tired. Let's not. The, 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 the literal Greek of this word weary means this, to be utterly spiritless, to be wore out, to be exhausted. That's what weary means. To, let me read it. To be, to be utterly spiritless, to be wore out, to be, to be exhausted. Back to Galatians 6, it says this, to go, don't, don't, get, don't grow weary. While doing good, in other words, don't grow weary, Amplified says, by doing the right thing. But in what? Due season. Come on, there is a season for you and I that God has got for us to step into. I talked about that one month ago on January the 1st, the seasons of our life. In due season, we shall reap if we do not what? Lose heart. Let me tell you, there's a harvest waiting for you and I to step into. There's a new season for you and I to step into. But our key to this, our responsibility is we, we, we got we to gotta manage this tiredness. We've got to bring it to Jesus. Come on, we've got to stir ourselves up here today. We've got to keep a, keep a hold of the vision, keep a hold of the mission. 
Come on, God's not done with you yet. And I know there's some people here in this room today, man, you have been following Jesus, you've been following uh, uh, the mission for a long time, but because it seems like that nothing's happening, you're starting to pull back, you're starting to get weary, but don't pull back, come on, let's step up in Jesus' name, amen? Which leads me to my third and final point that y'all are going to love here at Victory Center Church. My third and final point is this, you've got to cowboy up. Anybody ever hear that phrase before? Come on, look at your name and tell them, you've got to cowboy up. <laughs> course i grew up in this church i mean I, I i started in this church when it was still not even a church yet i still remember building a lot of this stuff all over this place and just you know it's all this uh, i've been a part of y'all for a long time even though we've been in enid for golly 25 years now but this still been our home church and so i remember back before we ever went to uh enid uh whenever tammy and i was here being the youth pastors that uh, like Eugene did up here, I, there'd be times, many times that I would get up and I would do the announcements and some of the service flow stuff. <laughs> I'll never forget this one particular time. Of course, on the youth ministry, we'd been on a week-long trip. It was one of those youth camp moments, you know, and it was just uh, where you don't get much sleep. So we got home on a Friday night. And uh, so that following Sunday morning, I'm up here on stage, and I start talking about, you know, what, what a trip we have, and I'm like, man, I'm just tired today, because we got in on Friday night real late, you know, but I'm, you know, glad to be here, and just did the announcements, and I went and sat down. And then Pastor Charlie, of course, he got up on stage beginning his message, and so he begins to address my comments. He says, yeah, Brad, he was all tired, and you know, all this stuff, and he just started all this stuff. He said, he, he looked at me down, and he said, he just needs to cowboy up. <laughs> I'm like, I think I just got rebuked from the stage from my own dad. <laughs> but it just makes me realize I really appreciated that about my dad. One of my dad's favorite sayings, he used to say, if it's too difficult for you, he's, you remember that? Just right for me. Come on, he was the epitome of the cowboy up. Amen. Come on, he lived that mantra, didn't he? Cowboy, come on, look at your name and tell him you got a cowboy up. What does that mean to us, spiritually speaking? If you go back to Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, take up on what? Come on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all, come on, just help me out, to stand. Verse 14. Stand, therefore, having your waist girded with truth. Then he goes on to this whole elements of the armor of God. This is what I really believe that the Lord is speaking here in this very moment. That if you're here today and you're growing tired, come on, let's stir ourselves up today. Let's fight the battle. Don't get battle weary. If you're familiar with the story of David in 1 Samuel chapter 17, Everybody knows the story of David. It's probably one of the most famous stories of all the Bible. But what we may not realize is that the first part of chapter 17 talks about how God's chosen people, the Hebrew people, they have been there at the same place that David showed up to for 40 days. For 40 days, God's chosen people heard the taunts of Goliath for 40 days. But it took a young man 
David to just almost randomly show up to hear the same thing that God's chosen people have been hearing for 40 days and his response was totally different than those of his brother than those of the rest of the people that were there his response was like what in the world is this guy doing defiling God like that our God he shows up to these bunch of people let me say it this way who had grown I believe just battle weary they let the fear the intimidation to create a weariness in their life and it took a young man that knew who he was in Christ and if you could put it in just what modern day terms what I would say David stood up there and he said you bunch of sissies you won't fight this battle I'll fight the battle and you know the rest of the story right I often wonder many times have we grown so battle weary that we like the children of Israel just kind of pull back and like yeah there's a war there's a battle but you know what I'm comfortable I'm okay I often wonder this how many of God's sons and daughters have settled at a place of compromise instead of pressing in to a place of victory how many people have settled for the status quo how many people have just stopped halfway because of weariness church I want to challenge us all here today come on let's show up on the battlefield with a faith and the tenacity of David and realize the battle's already been won we just got to possess it we just got to possess it